Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on any streaming platform and following us on social media as we keep you guys up to date on what's going on with Miami sports. This week, we got an amazing episode for you guys. My homeboy Sergio joins us as we break down the Dolphins draft. We talk about the heat waking up just in time. The Panthers are starting their playoff push while the Marlins are finding their struggles to the season. And most importantly, the biggest matchup of them all, Chelsea, Real Madrid, this Wednesday for a spot in the Champions League final. It don't get no bigger than this, y'all. So it's time to strap that seatbelt in and get ready to take the ride, y'all. Let's go. All right, oh shit, here we go, here we go. The pick is in. Here we go. Select. Jalen Waddle is the pick, baby. Jalen Waddle, let's go. Team, people are surprised. Yeah, you see, I feel like people feel like that right now. Now, what you heard there was the groaning of my co-host, Joel, right? Because he was obviously not excited about the pick. I was trying to be a little bit more uplifting about the pick. And, yeah, you know, like I said, a lot of Dolphins must be feeling like Joel felt with the, uh I've had a couple. I've had a couple days to to you know sleep on it, and I'm I'm happy. I'm excited to have the kid. You know, I'm, I'm welcoming the young man uh, to our team. But this part of me is still like, damn, the Eagles got to steal. I mean, part of that is the instant reaction, right? And like the clip showed on draft day, it was a lot of instant reactions, a lot of emotions tied into it because people, you know, wanted to see their person picked, whoever they thought the Dolphins should have picked, you know. And interesting enough about that day, we were all chilling together, me and my homeboys, you you know, and some of you guys uh, saw us on Instagram. And I was telling my homeboy, Sergio, who is joining us today, um, a big-time Dolphins fan, big-time Heats fan, uh, huge into sports. And, you know, him and I had a conversation about how this pick, you know, would kind of play out in the in the next couple of years because there were options for the Dolphins, you know what I mean? Sergio, uh, first and foremost, Joel and I want to thank you for joining us, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, to have your fandom and your knowledge of, of sports and what you bring to the table, dog. It's, it's good to have you here, dog. Hey, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to talk what I love and share it with y'all, man. I'm ready to talk some sports. For sure. Let me oh, ask yeah. you a question. We got Joel's instant reaction, right, when he groaned. You want me to do it live in studio? Nah, I'm, of- I'm sure you're over it by uh, now, right? Sergio, what was your initial reaction when you heard um, – Jaden Jaden Waddle's name well, dropped. Let's set a, let, let's set the context though. So here we are. The draft played out kind of how we thought, how we right. projected in last week's episode, and then we had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, you know, who are, were our three and four, considering we wanted Pitts first, and then uh, we were considering Jamar Chase, but we saw Cincinnati took Jamar Chase, left us with Devontae Smith, you know, just ready to be picked up, and we go ahead and we take Jalen Waddle instead. How'd you feel? Well, the thing is that it doesn't start with that day, right? Nope. The Dolphins fan experience with this pick has been a long experience. It started with us having actually a third pick and moving back and then moving back up to take or just to land with the sixth pick. We took who we took, and I'm excited like any fan would be excited. I do have questions. I did grunt a little bit on my own time. <laughs> I was alone by the time of the draft. Um, I, I feel like we both had the same reaction. But not because I didn't think I don't think that this guy is not going to react, or that I prefer Devonte over Jalen. Is it safe to say that, that you prefer Devonte? I mean, that that's where that's the feel I get from you right now. Yeah, yeah. For me, at least, I think us as a show, I think we had we, pretty, we had a consensus as to what our one, two, three, and four were at correct. our position. I mean, we knew that the number one pick or the number one target, right, was definitely Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we knew that that was probably the best option for the Dolphins because he has that wide receiver mold and that big tight end mold. Right, we would have killed it essentially two birds with one stone. Um, after and so you th- thought he was a realistic option at six, at three. Six. Right? Um, maybe not. We were optimistic, you know, considering mm-hmm. the Falcons maybe went with a quarterback instead. Correct. You know that right. there was a deep class, yeah. and you know who, how much time does Mighty Ice have left? So we were kind of entertaining, you know, the possibility. Then, right, we, exactly. And, and I was doing the same. And so, is, is, were you guys doing the same with Chase as well? Did you feel the same for Chase? 
Yes, because I kind of felt like Chase was bound to go to Cincinnati because Burrow, right, him being the man there and already showcasing his talent, right, they're going to lose A.J. Green at some point, or they already did, so they needed to kind of, like, compensate and give this guy a real target. So I knew that they were going to probably go Chase, if not um, Devontae Smith, because of those two guys being, like, you know, more prototypical to what Burrow needs, right? So the Bengals pick didn't surprise me a lot, right? They had the LSU collect connection there, yep. and it was like, all right, it makes sense. The Atlanta pick kind of threw me off because Atlanta could have gone in so many different directions, you know? And the, the fact that they decided to say, yeah, we're going to go go get Pitts, I feel like they feel that they are a playoff team because you don't make a move for Pitts, right, when you kind of quote-unquote rebuilding or deciding on whether or not to rebuild if if you're not going to, you know, try to win games. And Matty Ice could use a guy like Pitts to I, win I, games. I don't think it's so much that they're like that's the boomer buzz for their playoff run or their playoff picture. It's as so much as this is a specimen in the draft that yeah. we absolutely cannot pass on because of the fact that he is the best skill player, you know, coming out of the draft. Right. So then when the Dolphins came to the clock, we see Chase get picked before us. And now it's like, okay, we're either getting Waddle or we're getting Smith. And like you asked us, Sergio, you know, Joel and I were feeling like, man, maybe Smith is the better compatible compatible wide receiver for Tool. Even though Tool has more experience with Waddle and and probably a better relationship on the field. Right. And the Dolphins, Dolphin offense definitely needed the speedster to take the top. Mm-hmm. And you know, let, let the other guys do what they do underneath. You know, Devontae and Kiseki, those aren't dudes that are creating a lot of separation. And so you need the dude that's going to come and take the top off, take the safety with him. Fuller does that, but he's on a one-year deal. And he's always hurt. So it's mm-hmm. good to have the youngster there and have him under contract for four years. But just to you know, go back to where the original question came from, you guys set it up perfectly, and those were my, my emotions. We came from a place where we were expecting one of the specimens. Right. Right? And this guy, though he is a, a physical freak in the sense of his speed and his change of direction and his agility and all that, that's great. Tyreek Hill-esque, they compare him to, which, I mean, don't compare anybody to Tyreek Hill if you ask me, but go ahead. Especially a that's college kid. Right, that's his comp. But we went from drafting one of the specimens to a dude who had a broken ankle from Bama. That sounds familiar. And undersized and is a flop at the moment. Um and at the sixth spot, that might be a little rich. And so the Dolphins told the line where they had the third pick, and instead of just going for value, which they did first with that 49ers trade, they knocked that trade off the park, if you ask me. That trade was amazing. Absolutely. And they we're set up for the, line, the future, too, with that 49ers right? trade. But then they tiptoed the line and then also said, we also have a target, though, so we're willing to give up some of the value that we just acquired, and we're going to lock on to one of our dudes. Even then... I feel as if the narrative down here wasn't so much waddle, especially from the beginning. You know, I think we it did have wasn't. hope that, that that we could still grab one of those specimens. We that's what we thought they did actually. I thought that was the main narrative and the one that I went with. Oh, look at these guys. They actually trading back they, to get they, their guy. They traded back and they're still gonna get a specimen because of XYZ because this team is gonna take that person or this team is gonna take the other person. It doesn't matter. It just felt like we were still gonna grab one of those. And we didn't. We ended up with Waddle, which well, fits us perfectly. He fits what we're doing. I, I'm hopeful for the guy. I really am. I, I really do think that this could be a really good pick. But now for the rest of the time, we're going to be watching Pitts and Chase and wondering, or not even wondering because we don't know who's going to be the better player. No, just, just comparing. comparing. I'm not even going to be looking exactly. at them so much as I'm going to be looking at Smith, you know, because Pitts and Chase, they went before we even had a chance. They were off the board. So the guy that, you know, that I'm really going to be looking at and see what he does next year is going to be Devontae Smith with the Eagles. I'm, you know, he's back with Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles, you know, had a struggle, you know, a struggle bus of a season last year, you know, so he could be a guy that comes in there and automatically gives him a facelift. But one of the things that I was going to um, – bring up to you guys um, was the fact that I kept hearing, you know, oh, well, you know, Devontae Smith is small. Devontae Smith is undersized. And I mean, when so they went, Waddle. well, that's my point. You know, and when they, when they went to go, when he dapped them up, Devontae Smith, which classy, classy dude, oh, when he, as he, yeah, as he walked by and he dapped them up, I'm like, dude, Devontae Smith is bigger than him. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, he's it? taller, but did, did you see how narrow he was, though? Yeah. He's yeah, like, that's fine. He has, but like, the smallest waist in the world, it looks like. That's he fine looks like me, a man. small, small frame. DeAndre Hopkins isn't that yeah. big of a guy. You know, Actually, AJ Green wasn't that big when he first came in. Here's my you thing, know, we right? Put size right. On him. When it comes to Waddle versus Smith, 
we're we're like you know nitpicking when it comes to both of those guys because they both offer what the Dolphins' offense need, which is an explosive guy who can get open quick, right? Look at Tua and not have to run thirty yards to be open. That guy's gonna be, either one of those guys are gonna be open within five yards for a throw. You know, and then they can catch and run and do whatever they, they got to do after that. But either one fit the mold. You know, we're kind of nitpicking when we're like, damn, you know, everybody was, thought that the consensus was Smith, right? But we went with Waddle. That just lets me know that whatever extra level of film or, or studying or whatever it is that the Dolphins did, they felt more comfortable with Waddle. And obviously that ankle injury doesn't, doesn't like, affect them because— right. Had they been worried, they would have never picked Tua. Yeah, we picked Tua, and he had those hip injuries, injury, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, well, I believe in my my medical staff. Go get the records, and let's let's test this kid out. And he tested off the charts. And it's not like we're not getting a badass receiver. He was probably the best wide receiver in 2019, without a doubt, in college football. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, so a couple of things that, that you guys left there that I feel like I, I could tackle, too. The, the Tua experiment is only one year in, but he didn't look – 100% neither recovered nor was he a bright spot, right? It's tough to say he recovered, Serge. You, you might, you might, no, no, I know, I know, I get it. it, it it's, um, it's, to be, it's TBD, right? It's to be determined. But yet, then we draft somebody who's hurt again, but and then not to move too far ahead because I'm not done with the receiver talk, but we also take someone with a medical history at 18. You see that? Like, that's where I'm like, damn, like, it's a lot of risk for the last two drafts. True, but and then the also, way that it ended up playing out the, with, with Smith, Smith went 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But the you, fact that he yeah. slipped, it kind of makes, it exposes the opportunity for maybe a, a fan or maybe just an observer to say, like, maybe the, the Dolphins played it wrong and they could have stayed pat because a receiver actually did slip. And the 10th pick was traded. I, I believe the Cowboys traded yeah, back traded. a couple of spots. Yep. They traded in the third division. Rounder. That, was, that was a weird thing, too. Yeah. That was a weird trade. Yeah, for a third rounder. You know, somebody moved up a couple of spots. Yeah, like, well, that, that move would have been available to us. Now, granted, they don't know the way the draft's going to play out. Exactly. They didn't know happen. Exactly. But, but it still is what it is. We, you, you could play the result and just see what ended up happening and then questioning whether it was worth to give up that first to move up for Waddle rather than stay pat play by ear, see how things go. Nah, I think, I, I think they did the right thing, Doc, because, again, they're playing with house money from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't expect I, Houston I to be a surge. You can't tell me that I, when that, we that, made that trade for with Houston, right, and we said, okay, we're going to get your first-round pick, we didn't expect Houston to be picking in the top 10, Doc. We didn't expect the Dolphins to be no. picking in the top 10. So though, that pick that we had, right, from Houston ended up coming up to be huge, and then we flipped it into a bunch of other stuff. So now we're playing with Houston's money. You know what I mean? We're not playing with Dolphins' pick money, so to speak. We're playing with their money. And when you're doing that, you can't afford to take chances. You took a chance on, on Waddle, without a doubt. But Phillips, that's not a chance. Because we saw that kid, Hurricanes fans saw that kid play game in, game out, and have an impact. Huge impact on games. You know what I mean? Like take over games himself. A big sack. A no, and I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not the biggest UM fan. You not know? even UM. It's just college football observer. I'm not that. But like I said, it's all the risk that was taken in that one draft. Like, and I'm okay it, with that. I mean, yeah. I, I found out he medically retired. I had never heard of that. Medically retired. When I heard that, I was like, hold on. Well, what does that mean? But How there's a lot that goes into that. There's, there's a lot to go into that. You know, I know that you yeah, and I spoke yeah, about I the concussions and stuff like that. But a lot of that had to do with his environment at UCLA. You know what I mean? And like what was going on with him there. I just don't think he was mature enough at that time. You know what I mean? But all of that went away the moment he landed here in Miami. You know, and I feel like him being in Miami in college to play and kind of like get to know the city and get a vibe for the city, it's just going to help out even more because he's like, all right, these are the people that kind of gave me a chance. They got my back. I'm going to go hard for them, you know? And but again, the he, kids are he beast. concussion away from being out of the league? No. That's my question because, no. like, I, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not claiming to know a lot about the kids. Chico. I just read he had a couple of concussions, and they counted one from when he was younger. They added it up to three, and they said, hey, if you get another one, we're not, we're not going to clear you to play. Yeah, because so but if that the, is still the case, Serge, you and like, I I'm know you guys. Is it is that still the case? Absolutely, that's not the case, man. Because think about it like this, Serge. If not, if that was the case, there's no way he goes 18. There's no way I, the Dolphins. I, say, I mean, that's what you want to think as a fan, though. No, so, Serge, so put yourself but, in a put yourself in a GM position, dog. If you're the GM, are you taking a chance on that kid? 
Is he that no, great? I, is he a generational talent? No, Jalen Phillips is yeah, not but, that. But then, but yeah, but then we're assuming. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, is there is there anything staying out there? Like that what I just said is not true because I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't do hours of research I, on this I, kid, but that is what came across. Everything that I saw, as far as him, right, and what I got from my my boy Vic, you know, because he knows way way more in depth. Oh, well, he's plugged in. He's plugged in, right? So everything that I got from him was like, hey, this is the guy. The Dolphins got the guy, the best, best guy in the draft that's a defensive end. This is him. Forget about the issues with, you know, UCLA and the concussions. And it, uh, this is the guy. So, again, if I'm the GM, right, and I'm Chris Gear and I'm killing it, and I'm making all these raw-ass moves and whatnot in the offseason – I got to trust him, and I feel like he definitely picked a stud. You know what I mean? That's one of those guys that you were talking about. Yeah, Waddle isn't one of those beasts of a playmakers or those specimens. Phillips is a specimen, you know what I mean? And if you look at the the picks that we got after that, like in, in the third round, right, we got another specimen, the safety. That kid is not the greatest safety, but he hits hard. He's a missile. He has good hands, former wide receiver, you know, has a, a led the team in picks when he played the following year. Now, granted, he didn't play this year because of COVID and all this other stuff, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of kids probably just said, you know what, I'm not going to take the chance and I'm going to sit out, yeah. you know. So it's tough yeah. to know their motivation, but I know that it didn't hurt their draft stock as much didn't. as we thought either. We saw a lot of guys that didn't play a lot this past Go year. early, dude. Yeah, in the first round, and that's unusual for us. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did good. also hear that he he was the safety that lined up where the nickel slot the most and actually beat that position up, which is and probably we need the that because we we don't have that's somebody perfect. to guard yeah, tight ends. That's exactly what we need in, in flow system because uh, you know you, I mean I knew that we were gonna go. You know, we one of these powerhouses in the first pick, and then you know, second the second first round pick we had, we were going to go defense, and we followed it up with our next pick being defense. So we went defensive heavy. Yep. You know, uh, right after that first round pick, which is which is great. We need that. But then I felt okay because we built up in in depth. You know, we got those two offensive linemen, right? Um, we got a tight end, which was weird, yeah, I and I, I felt like about that one. That's the only iffy pick we had. That's the iffiest pick that we have because. We passed up on some running backs there that we could have got. And we ended up taking a running back with our last pick. But you know damn well that guy's not going to make the team. You know what I mean? We'll give him his name, Jared Dokes. Shout out to Jared jo- Dokes, running Just back from... Just it backwards, Jared Jokes. That's yeah, what we're going to call him. Yeah, Derek- Jared Jokes from now on. Jared Dokes, the running back from you Cincinnati. first. You know? And that was oh, probably nice. the, the only wackest pick. But other than that, I felt really good about the draft. I, I, I gave him a B-minus, dog. Um... Okay, well, well, Serge, where would you grade it? Uh, real quick about the tight end, we do got to remember, as far-fetched as it may seem, and you don't want to think about it as a dog fan this way, but I, I believe this is Gusecki's last year in the contract. It is, so it is. You have to guard against something crazy happening. You know, I do think that they're going to try to lock them up, but... Yeah, you know just for me, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a big tight end guy. I love, I love tight ends. You love Gasecki, um, though. Pause, but it, yeah, it's um, it, we have Shaheen. We still got uh, this dude from that was on the Eagles. I forget his name uh, now. Hollins. Hollins. We still got Mac Hollins. We got uh, Shaheen. We got Gasecki. There's another one who whose name escapes me. So yeah, Daryl Smythe, exactly. So there's a couple guys there, man, that we already have at tight end. And I mean, yeah, we you can never have too many tight ends. You know, you're gonna need them in the run game or in the pass game. So it's like I said, man, I feel like Chris Gear, Chris Greer is doing everything right. I don't think he's done a lot of bad moves that we're like as Dolphin fans can be like, yo, that was crazy, that shit that was messed up. He totally threw us off and threw a monkey wrench and all our stuff. I don't think he's done and, that. Uh real quick. I believe the Flores coached the long. He did. He coached him in the Super Bowl. He did. Well, then I think I think we gotta find a way to like that pick, just because you gotta believe coach has a little bit of insight, just because he's dealt with him. That's yeah, fine. for sure. And then and then to wrap it up with the grade, it's really hard to give the Dolphins a bad grade because they had real good capital to begin the draft. They're they're picking six, they're picking eighteen, and they had two more picks in the second round. In the I trust the team. I I love the positions they addressed. I wanted the, the, the linebacker from Notre Dame is the guy that I wanted. I, I had a feeling we wanted to go safety at 36, but they went another way. But I'm trusting Coach a million percent over my no knowledge compared to his insight. I just wanted the position. I love the positions they addressed. I would at least, I think that they, they did get, at the very least, an A-. As negative as it may sound, and I might come across because of the flags, there are risks that we took, no doubt. So that just means that we, we have a lower floor on those picks. Things could be disastrous for some of these guys. One or two of them at the very least. 
but they are also very high ceiling dudes. And all of them. And in a time in a draft like this, where it was a very crazy time, you know, um, players that didn't play, and just COVID-related reasons why this was a crazy season. Uh, I like the fact that they did at least go for the home run swing, and this could be Surge, a big man. draft. Bro. A minus. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I I give them an A minus, you know, as well. Um, just strictly because of the fact that they didn't take Devontae Smith, but as a whole, as everything that they did, you know, getting the the way that they got these picks, you know, setting ourselves up for the future, still being a, a, a big player in this year's draft, having two first-round picks, and then what we did with those two picks and then the, the, the picks we had after with the fact, I'm really, really happy with the overall outcome. You know, now it's 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 up to, to Jalen Waddle to really to, to prove it to me now. He's the only question mark, but there was two things for him that – kind of brought me back on his side uh number one you know he is more of that big play explosive player so we didn't see Tua throw it deep a lot last year so no. we, we do a lot more damage on the you know in the slants and stuff like that which he can pick one up and take it to the crib and the other thing is the fact that Devontae Smith had actually said that Mac Jones was a better quarterback than he tried to a Tiger Lailoa he tried to he tried him so, dog. you know so, what x him out dog that's why that's why you know Jaden is now on my great side again after I let this decision digest and I agree man I give him an A minus I mean, two look, for the grade any dolphin fan and the yak yeah the and yak. the yak is important cuz for he, sure even though we got fully fuller for the deep threat he's not known for his yak he's no. not a dude that takes the plant to the house he's a dude that runs that nine route or a deep post and he's going to burn whoever's behind him. Listen, Waddle I, I, was said to catch the ball and then make moves. Exactly. I'm okay with, you know, Tua throwing a five-yard pass to Waddle and Waddle turning it into 25 yards. Like I said, the Dolphins fans have to be happy with how this offseason turned out, both offseason, who we signed, and with the draft. Now we're going to go into the season with a full camp, full camp, which is going to be so important for Tua, and we're going to see that offense develop. I guarantee you, we're going to see that offense develop, man. Oh, yeah, Serge, yeah. hang with us, bro. We're going to talk some some heat now. All right? We'll do. All right. Let's go heat, dog. Let me tell you, I was really starting to get pissed off at them last week, right? We all were. I was really starting to get pissed off because I was. we lost that Bulls game, right? And I was like, dog, I need Bam to step it up. Like, I need Bam to step it up. And and Grandin, he's been playing great this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Twenty and ten, efficient. He's been working on his jump shot, looking pretty, all of that. But I need him to like turn into a superstar. Put you the know? game on his back. Put his game on his back. You know, because right now Jimmy's carrying us, dog. Jimmy is absolutely, without a doubt, carrying this entire team by himself. And look, all NBA Jimmy. I got, say it again, Serge. All NBA Jimmy. You know what I mean? We got to put that guy. He has to get in there. Bro, you know, I saw something crazy. Jimmy Butler has not now had eight straight seasons with over 100 steals. Nasty. He's the second player hands ever in NBA history to do that. That boy got hands on him. No, dog. It's like, what else do you want the guy to do? He's- Isn't there some stupid stat of him and Kawhi having more steals than fouls? Yep. In this that's season, a, that that does not make sense. That does not make sense at all. No, it doesn't. But that just lets you know how raw of a defender he is, right? So we see him averaging twenty two points, and you know, getting those seven assists a game, and we don't pay attention enough to what this guy is bringing to the floor defensively, dog. You know, he's literally our heart and soul right now. He reminds me of those heat team surge that we saw in like 97 98 when we had Timmy and Hardaway uh Timmy Hardaway Zoe, Zoe. Keith Askins you know what I'm saying that that squad where it was like rough and tough Jimmy's like a rough rough and tough character dog and he needs to rub that shit off more on Bam bro because I'm tired of seeing Bam not ball for us dog do you think Bam is ready to be a number two option on a championship team. Maybe not win it. Like I know we got to the ship last year. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it this way, and maybe you guys agree with me, maybe you guys don't. I saw him progressing like that or to that level in the bubble last year in the playoffs, right? We saw round after round, like him improving, having a big game, a big game here, a big game there. Not consistent, right? But showing those flashes, that's kind of what led me to expect more from him this year. Because I was like, damn, if 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 Bam can do that in a bubble, you know, what can he do outside of a bubble? You know, how raw can he be? What what level of stardom can this guy reach? 
and I don't think he's just reached it there. Like you see other guys, the Tatums of the world, right? All these other young players that are coming up or, or solidifying their, their names in the NBA. And yeah, Bam gets talked about, but Bam doesn't get talked about enough like uh, on the national you know media uh, platforms to say, yeah, this is a future stud right here. Down here, we love him because we see the talent. And and what he does, well, but I we I sent you the other day the uh, there was that meme that's still going around right now. I can't remember who who's actually has it posted, but it's a nine box. It has nine you know NBA oh, yeah. youngsters. Uh, Bam's on that list. Lamelo Ball was on that list. Um, Donovan Mitchell was on that list. Stud, uh, Jason stud, Tatum was on that list. Stud, uh, Luka Doncic, who else was on that? An list? MVP candidate. Uh, there's one more I can't think. Of. John, John Morant was on that list. And anyways, long story short, a bunch of you know killers that are young, all young guys. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, but the first person that was voted out was based Bam. on who you would build your team around was Bam. Definitely, because the league always appreciates those offensive engines way more than the defensive anchor, or not even an anchor because he switches. He's not really just about protecting the paint. But I feel like in basketball, the offensive game is not so much overrated. It's not that that's the case, but the defensive part of the game is underrated. And it's only natural that like when you pull a bunch of fans and everyone's just looking at stats and highlights, when you, when you think about those highlights, you think about those offensive highlights. And Bam has less of those. Yes, he's been murdering people on some dunks this year. Those are great highlights. And he had a he, nasty one in Charlotte the other day, dog. And but, it, but it's not the only facet to his game. He, his defense is, what, top three or four for the center position? For sure. And so, No, his versatility. It's, it's, a bi- it's an offensive bias, I guess, is what I would call that. I, I get it, right? It is an offensive bias, dog, because of how he is defensively. But... You can't sit there and tell me that he can't be one of those premier offensive guys, dog, because of his quickness and his ability to dribble the ball and handle the rock. I he th- should be better offensively. I think what what he can bring to the table offensively as far as like what we what we desire from him, he needs somebody to 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 put him in that situation cuz Bam Bam's going to score a lot in the paint. He's going to get those alley-oops, you know, when Dragic is in there, you know, he's throwing them dimes. And that's where he's going to get a lot of his production. But, uh, you know, as far as those offensive killers, he, those guys shoot from anywhere on the court. And Bam doesn't have that. You know, he's not one of those bigs that can shoot from three. Like, if, if he was like Joel Embiid that could pull up from three and, and you can confidently say, like, yeah, he might make one of those or two. Right. You know, that that's another, you know, a notch in his belt. But he, he he's kind of limited on the offensive side, even though he is dynamic all around. As far as an overall player, I, I, I'll take Bam all day because of the defense, the hustle, uh, you know, the offense everything that he brings to the table but it, it lacks there's a little bit that is still lacking there right like um you're referring to like his rim running skills that's what he, he excels at right now it's the way we choose i believe we choose to use him mostly in the season Absolutely. as a fan right now um do you guys think that maybe this is by design because bam's numbers are like they still took a leap from last regular season do you think that the offensive focus right now is to Yes, speed bam, but not so much in the isolation, not so much, you know, that where he could pull up or drive on you. It's more so he chooses to engage his, his teammates and really sharpen up or greasing up the, all the bearings on the offense, you know, get enough reps where everybody's playing that smoother offense, knowing that, hey, when the game slows down in the playoffs, like, I'm going to go isolation. That's just me one-on-one. I don't need to practice this over and over and over during the games. I think it's more important for my teammates to be or to have that practice over and over and over with all these little plays we're running. No, for and sure. And be ready that way. Do you think maybe, am I being a fan, am I just being a fan, being overly optimistic, <laughs> or do you think that they're looking at it that way? I think it's two things, right? Maybe I, both. I think it's two things. I think, number one, I think that's the only way that Bam can attack, right? You need to have him moving, right? Moving in the direction towards the gym, in, in towards the rim. Because... Well, then that's, that's going to hurt him then for the rest of his career. It's going to hurt then him. That, then I would take him off that list from the first one. But if that's then, all he could do, but then, think then about he's going to struggle. Think through, about this, search. But we see him developing his jumper. He doesn't exactly. have to, he doesn't have to have a, a three-pointer. You know, well, that's why I say, like, I expect more from him. And you're right. He did have a jump as far as from last year to this year. Last year, he averaged 15, 15.9. This year, he's averaging 19.1. You know, uh, he averaged six field goals made in the game last year. This year, seven field goals. Uh, a little bit better in the field goal percentage. Um, 
He's even yeah, shooting well, I, free I'm throws better. I'm gonna look actually at what his playoff averages were. Keep 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 going. I'm gonna look at what his playoff averages were last year to see if he took a step up from that because that's right. what we were expecting. Right, and that's when we saw him. You know, really start to become a bigger name nationally, which was in the bubble because we saw his talent. We saw the game. We had He had that nasty game-winning block. And it's like, man, he can dunk. He can block. He can cover any guy on the court. It's like, Bam's going to be a real problem. And then we don't see it. Not that he's not a problem, but we I feel like he fans expect more from Bam right now. And he should be able to do that. Look, he doesn't have to worry about defense, defensively protecting the rim and shit like that. Or even the perimeter. Because we have guys who are doing that job well. We have Kendrick Nunn who's playing really good defense and playing really well. Obviously, I gave the stat about Jimmy. We know what he's doing yeah, out Jimmy, there on the perimeter. Jimmy's our, our best defender. And more importantly, the addition of Deadman. You yeah. know, that, that yeah, hasn't been, been spoken about enough minutes. because he's been getting decent minutes and not only doing stuff with his minutes, protecting the paint, blocking, rebounding. The other day he had three offensive rebounds on like two or three offensive possessions. That means this guy is just working. So that's stuff that we were seeing Bam do before and be like, well, shit, Bam can't excel because he has to do all the dirty work. Now right. Bam doesn't have to do the dirty work. The dirty work. He can. He should be excelling. He needs to, I, and I said this last time, I told, I'm going to totally say it again. I agree with that sentiment. He needs to be on the rise as we go into the playoffs. He needs to have those 30-point games, 30-point games, 30-point games, 25-point games. And, and again, just to help out the offense, because, yeah, you're going to be kicking it to Duncan. And you know what? Real quick, I brought up Duncan. Shout out to, to Duncan Robinson, man. Fastest player in the NBA to 500 May threes. Obviously, this kid is freaking lights out. And the Heat found him out of nowhere, and we made him into this prolific threat from three-point, um, which a lot of people wish they had. Besides Gotta that. Gotta love the little two-man game. It feels like him and Bam two-man game, or at least Duncan's driving is like kicking up a little bit. And I'm not saying it's like taking a huge leap or anything. No. But it feels like he's a little bit more of a threat with the ball in his hand now than he was last season at least. Absolutely, Serge. Absolutely. And like I was saying, those are the things like I feel like the team is more complete now than it was last year. Right? You could look at the squad and say this team is more complete than the team from last year. Right now. Mm. Bro, who, who do you think is It may be. I don't know. Man. It may be, I'm but I feel Jay like Crowder, the rest man. of the East. The, I feel no, like the rest of the East is more complete as well. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You know what I mean? But look, the killers that we, we were trying to battle with last year, they ain't really killers. You know what I mean? We got a new player in town, which is Brooklyn. Philadelphia has always been Philadelphia. We know what we're getting with them, right? We have Milwaukee, another team that we know what we're getting, right? Then you, and beat is a little bit scarier than for, before. For sure. For sure. He's having a and great season. And Greek, Greek is having I mean, a... Praise the Lord for Deadman, right? I mean, maybe he could do something. Now we have a body. That. Yeah, but I don't know. If we that, I don't know if Deadman... A no, guy that stop. Can Joel Embiid in the series. <laughs> yeah, hell no. No, bro. I know, I know that's the Hell no, he can't. Hell no, <laughs> you can't contain that guy. Day. No, no, no. But again, it's a body. Hey, bam, don't get these six fouls, bro. Deadman, go out there and get these six fouls and throw your weight, your 260 pounds on all over Embiid as much as you can and bother him. But that's not my point. My point is this. We, last year, we were really battling with these teams. We were battling with Boston. We battled with Milwaukee, and we saw Philadelphia as a threat, right? This year, we're not really battling with Boston to get to the mountaintop. We're battling them for position. Yeah, but Boston's still scary, though, man. Not uh, Jason, as Jerry Tatum just dropped 60 points the other day. You got to respect that kid and the other yep. weapons that are around them. I mean, plus they got a great coach. He's been a, you know, previous coach. Of the year. Uh, I got I got I hate as much as I hate the Celtics, you know, as a hardcore heat fan going back to the Pierce days and all that. I, you got to respect a good basketball team and they are a good basketball team. That's, that's just point blank. I hate Brad Stevens because that guy has done nothing enough to warrant being considered <laughs> one of the quote-unquote best coaches in the league. Tell me he's a great future coach. Tell me, man, you know, this is top five coaches you want to be leading your franchise for the for the next 10 years. Give me all of that. Do not tell me that that guy has been super successful right now enough to be considered as one of the best. Just well, we're a little bit further removed from it every year, but he, he really jumped. He's been a solid coach, and he jumped onto the scene and made the biggest splash. 
Granted, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals without without Kyrie. A hundred percent, Serge. But I don't and think he's, maybe he's been living on that a little bit. Of but course, even last year he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals versus us. So that's yes. pretty solid as a, as a, as a they, goal. And they struggled and as, as a, a team last year. Okay, great. A lot of great season success. Awesome. But you know what? Then you got to kind of backtrack and say like, yeah, Boston is a really good team, and that GM has put Brad Stevens in a position to get the most out of his team and have talent and have all these players and make it happen. And he hasn't. He just has it, though. And whatever. That's just my opinion on Brad Stevens. That's yeah, nothing that's, to do with here like, nor there. But we're going back, to, going back to it. I mean, uh, the, you got to respect the Celtics. You got to respect Philadelphia with as long as they got Embiid. I'm not scared of Ben Simmons, but I'm scared of Embiid and what he can, what, he, what I've seen him do time and time again to our, our big manless team. Those are the two teams that we, three, te- there's only three teams that we look at and we're like, for sure they'll kick our ass. Philadelphia will definitely kick our ass right now, right? Brooklyn will probably definitely kick our ass right now. And Milwaukee, the way I'm more scared of Brooklyn. And, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm scared of Milwaukee because we can end up playing Milwaukee in the first round. I'm scared of that. I'm, you know? not, I'm not as worried about Milwaukee as I am Brooklyn or, Crazy. or Philadelphia or the Celtics. I don't know, man. Top four is strong. Top, top four, four is strong. strong. But look, top four has, has the Knicks. No, nah, I'm not counting on the. Oh Knicks no, no, I, have... I, put us, I was putting us at number four. Okay, put, but you know, those are the teams that we're battling right now: the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Hornets. You know what I mean? Those are those are teams that are like trying to come up to our level. I feel like right now the Heat are by themselves, right? They're in that middle tier. You have that upper tier with Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, right? You have that next tier, which you can put Miami and Boston in, right? And then you put everybody else under that, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I see you do respect Boston. A little bit, but more Boston, (laughs) not Brad Stevens, right? Because I feel like you could put a coach in there and, and that team will probably do good. They got the talent. I mean, Jason Tatum's a beast. Oh, and, and look, still got Jaden Brown too. So, bro, more than anything, Boston has been a success because of the GM. What's this guy's name? Uh, Danny Ainge. Time out. He signed Kemba. So what, That's Serge? A horrible deal. Horrible deal. Okay, but he is, got out of it. He's getting paid in the thirty, and to add like insult to injury, they they let go of Rozier. I'm I'm pretty sure that was a sign and trade or something because the team those players just swapped teams. You could say Rozier is playing better than Kemba and cheaper and younger, and Ainge chose to go ahead and go the route that he went with Kemba, which is the wrong move. The Same wrong the move. Result, right? now, now knowing what we know, it's the wrong move. I and feel the you. Celtics have been loaded with draft picks for years now, right? But that's, that's all GM shit. That's all GM shit. That has nothing to do with Brad Stevens and the success of how good that team can be. So that's why they're no, on the same. I'm just saying that. That's like, that, that's like me that's giving credit. No, no, I'm not overrating them. But at least to compare it back, to bring it back to the Heat, right? At least I'm comparing him to Eric Spolstra, right? As far as coach-wise. And then above that, the GMs. Yeah, Eric Both Spolstra GMs have done, done a lot enough. More with a lot less. And Spolstra has done more with less. Yeah. And even with this team, you know, he's battling with this team that's not complete, right? Better than last year, but not complete. Doesn't have a superstar. We didn't land that big player, right? We got Oladipo and it, flunked, and it flopped on us. But now he's still battling to be a good team. And when it comes to the playoffs, I know that I trust my coach's experience against anybody else's coach's experience that's in the Definitely. East. Yeah, yeah. We're I'll take that. And again, like you said yeah. earlier, bro, we need to continue to have those winning streaks. You know, we're 7-3 and three in our last 10 games. We have a game against Dallas that's coming up tomorrow. Seven we, games left, man. We're seven games left, bro. We're like, there's no this room for it. losses. We don't want to be in that playing tournament, man. Serge, if you had to Definitely pick before... Before we had to, we're searching for that four or five seed, like we mentioned before. We're definitely searching for the four or five seed that gives us an easier of a matchup that first round. You you don't want to play Milwaukee in a three six matchup, even though you avoid the playing. You still don't want to go up against Milwaukee round one. No, for sure. You definitely don't want to catch yourself in a in a must win game all of a sudden versus God knows what random team makes twenty threes and then you're knocked out of the playoffs because you're in the playing. Yeah, sir. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. In your heart of heart, where do you think that he end up in the East? I love this. I love this. I love doing some soul searching because then the, to, to respond to you guys right now and it be on wax. I feel it's like on I wax, dog. Yeah, but it sucks as a fan. If you say anything negative about your team and they overperform, forget about it. They're going to hold this over your head forever. Oh, I, I, I know you're going to get. I'll never let you hear the end of Chico, it. Chico, you're going to get judged, and this is going in the chat. So make your pick. Look, I think that our. Feeling is probably the Eastern Conference Finals, and that 
I think that would make it a, a successful season, realistically, because that means that you went ahead and you won in round two, which is one of these top three teams that right. we were mentioning that are legit. Right. And I do feel that Spolstra could work his magic and his wizardry, and all of a sudden we, we come up with a decent game plan against Embiid. Even though we don't have the one body for him, all of a sudden we're either double-teaming him or we just let him go off and we're stuck on everybody like White or Rice, and he has to score 60 points to beat us. I trust Spolstra to come up with whatever the right answer is in a matchup like that. And he's already done it against Milwaukee. What's the and number, Sergio? Brooklyn, how about Harden? Still hurt. That's a big question, Mark, too. He's, uh, those guys haven't played together. They don't need to play together. But they need all, all three of them to at least make it to the finals. I believe. Sergio, That's a big question. where are Conference the finals. Heat finishing in the East? One through ten. One through ten right now. Seven games left. Five. Five. Ahead of Atlanta right behind. Well, Five. Right now, five. Because we're tied for fifth uh, with Atlanta. We both have the same record. We're both 35 and 30. And we're one and a half game behind the fourth place Knicks right now. So five is a real possibility, bro. I really think we're going to end up in the fourth spot. I said it before on the podcast, and I'm going to double down right now. I got the Heat finishing in the fourth this year. I'm going to be that guy, and I'm going to go with six. <laughs> Just to even it out, Just right? Round it out, dude. Round it We're out, going to go hit for the cycle here, you for know? For sure, for sure. But, Average is five. <laughs> yeah, right? But um, one thing I know for sure is that we're all going to be tuned into the playoffs when it starts. Uh, playoffs officially start on Saturday, May 22nd, which is a Saturday. That's when all the NBA games are going to start off. So we got that midday basketball. Ain't nothing like it. Sergio. Again, bro, I want to thank you. You know what it means to me to have you on here, brother. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I was excited to speak. I'm sorry if I rambled on for too long on any points. That was just the excitement portraying yourself on the recording. Thanks for having me, guys. I hope to do it in person soon. No yes, doubt, sir, bro. We'd we love to have you can't wait to have you back, dog. All right, take care. Dolly. Later. Back in time for the Panthers. You got to show them some love, bro. They're getting ready for the playoff push. Yeah, we mentioned it. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it on last week's episode or the second episode of last week, which was just our draft preview. Yep. But we definitely shouted out the Panthers because uh, at that point they had already clinched the playoff. Bro. Yep, yep. So they clinched the playoff. So them. they're still in the battle um, for the division. You know, the central division is freaking tight as all hell. Carolina's still leading, and the Panthers are currently tied with Tampa Bay. 35 wins, 14 losses, and three overtime losses. And, the, you know... 73 points, man. Uh, Panthers need every single point that they can scrap up, bro, because they got three games. They got, they're got they playing tonight against Dallas at home. They're playing against Tampa Bay at home this weekend. Uh, we got a Saturday game, which we're probably going to go to. We already got the the prices on that. And um, they finish the season next week, you know, against Tampa Bay. And by then, we'll know exactly where they're going to be, bro, as far as seeding and ranking and whatever. Um, but the Panthers just need to do what the Heat are doing, dog, and just keep winning. You know, they've won their three last games. They beat the Blackhawks twice, which was really huge, kind of helped them catch, gain some ground in that race. you need to scratch that and reverse it because I think the Heat need to be more like what the Panthers are right now, to be honest with you. <sighs> they've been way more consistent, man. I, they're look, in a way look, better look, look. position than, than the Heat are right now. I mean, it's, 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 I, I can't say that. They're both seven and two in their last games, man. In the last nine games. So they're, they're doing the things that we want them to do, yeah, right? I, absolutely. Win those three, uh, four you game know, series, you know, and then lose a game here and there or whatever. But make sure you bounce back. And, and they're winning. No, the thing is that they, they've, been, they've been beating good opponents. Too. Yeah, playoff and, teams, bro. A lot. Yeah, a playoff lot of teams. big wins have come off that. And, and we've lost a lot of good, you know, close ones too. But I, I like the way that the, the Panthers have been shaping out. For sure, man. And they're leading right now four to two. We got two goals for. From our offensive guys, we got a goal from Huberdo, who's a beast this year. Gusoff has the second goal. And then two defensemen, man, uh, Forsling and uh, Uyghur. Both of those guys have gotten on the board tonight. So, end of the second period. Oh, yeah, let's go, dude. Panthers are looking good, bro. 4-2. Keep that going. Yes, sir, because they need every single win, guys. When I say they need every single point, I really meant that. The the division, like I mentioned, is really tight. And uh, the battle for the top of the league is even tighter. You know, those six teams are separated by only four points. So it's literally going to come down to this weekend's yeah. games yeah. to see where everybody ends up on on, on the standings for that. And uh, we'll see, man. We're going to wish the Panthers the best of luck, and we're going to be watching them. We've obviously been watching them as we've been recording. There, there's no time like playoff hockey. I Absolutely. Lo- I love 
Absolutely. playoffs in general. But the the I mean, I'm not a, the biggest Panthers fan, and you know, I have I, obviously this podcast has helped me get back in touch with that. But if there's one time a year where I really do tune into hockey and see what's going on, it's even if the Panthers aren't in it. It's playoff hockey because it's, sure. it's some of the most electric play. It's the best. And I think that NBC does a really good job of covering it, too. So um, stay tuned. We're going to let you guys know tonight uh, whether the Panthers win tonight or not. All right. And uh, we got to catch up with the Marlins. Obviously, show some love to them. They've been, they uh, need to step it up and be a little bit more like the Panthers and the, and and the, the Heat, bro. Yeah, they definitely need to step it up Struggling, a little bit more. Struggling, bro. They've lost five out of their last eight games. Like, What's our record right now? Right now, we're 11 and 16, bro. We were, I think, uh, we like were just a, twelve, yeah. or ten and twelve last time we, we yeah. recorded. Honestly, this weekend killed us, bro. This past weekend killed us. We had yeah. that 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 series, the three game series against Washington, and we literally lost every single game, bro. And we were only in the first game. We lost that one two to one, but then other than that, we just got dominated. And um, it kind of sucks because the Marlins has started the season off, you know, with some bright spots like Trevor Rogers, man. You know, he just got a uh, Rookie of the Month, which is solid, bro, because he had that rough game to start. His his Marlins season, and then ever since then he's back bounced uh, bounced back in those last three starts. But it's just that we haven't been able to be consistent, man. And we knew that was going to be an issue with the Marlins and whatnot. But at least when it comes to the Marlins, they're giving us entertaining entertainment, bro. You know, they're starting a three game series against Arizona this this week. Then they got a weekend series against Milwaukee before they go on the on the road again to face Arizona. But Man, I don't know what the Marlins are going to try to do to kind of like get a jump start. And we have all, we're also dealing with a lot of injuries, right? Jazz is still hurt. Um, we lost uh, a couple of outfielders. Marte, Marte's Marte still, Marte still out. And, you know, obviously we're not 100%, but that's the problem when you're playing six games a week. You know, you're going to have those injuries that kind of nag and they kind of take out the guys that we're relying on because – Let's be honest. This Marlins team is nowhere near as deep as it should be. Yeah, and it's, and it's getting there. It's going to get there, you know. So I, I just for right now, what what pains me the most with the Marlins and the thing I'm having the biggest issue with right now is is our closers. Our you know our our closing pitchers are are struggling to say the least, man. And we've lost a lot of games, you know, at the helm of of, uh, of a closing pitcher, you know, where our starting pitcher pitches seven eight innings and you know damn near perfect, and all of a sudden here comes our closer and you know we give him two three four rounds. Yeah. <laughs> The bed. <laughs> we just we just let it, let up the game right there. There's some games where, where we haven't been in it, right? Where we've right. just been out of it right. since the beginning. But uh, more often than not, you know, we're we're playing well, we're pitching well, hell yeah, we're hitting well, and, Look, and, and then that, we're losing it at the end. Absolutely, that series against Atlanta and and the Giants showed that. You know, there were a lot of high scoring games: five three, fourteen eight, seven six, four one. Like we're winning those games. You know, even against Baltimore, we lost three zip, but we we lost seven five, and that's a game that we were in. You know what I mean? In the game, and which is what you want. You want the offense to at least, you know, give an advantage or as much of a lead as possible to the closers and and the guys in the bullpen. But they're going to have to step up their consistency, bro. And hopefully this new month starts off right for them, bro, because they're going to be on the road a lot. And they're playing some tough teams. You know, we're playing Philadelphia this month. We're playing... Uh, we're we're going to Boston later. We're playing uh, the Mets. We're still like I like I said. We're playing Arizona twice in two weeks, so it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. But hopefully the Marlins can turn it around and do something like the Heat and the Panthers do and make a playoff run. That'll be pretty dope, right? Yeah, there's still a lot of time before we even get to that. Um, but like you said, you know, we need to keep building. Um, especially after you know we just we just lost. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, bro, just I just saw this one shit. Of our, one of our right-handed pitchers, Paul Campbell, for eighty games testing positive for anabolic steroids. So I'm just glad it wasn't a Dominican dog. Yeah, that's true. Eso Mira, but no, I mean it just sucks, man. We're just talking about pitching, and here we are losing another pitcher, you know, for for juice, and, yep. and it's like shit, man. We're already thin, so uh, this is probably going to prompt a couple moves here uh, from the Marlins, either bring some guys up. From the minors, or, or or make some trades, and and I think that's where we really need to, um, you know, is hone in is, is in that pitching game. Well, you mentioned trades, and I, I definitely feel like the Marlins are going to be a player, right? Whether it's selling or buying, right? But Marlins have always shown to make moves and 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 do oppor- you know, take advantage of opportunities. And Derek Jeter and company is definitely on that mindset, so it won't be surprising to see the Marlins bounce back, and it won't be surprising to see the Marlins, you know, be a little bit of a roller coaster this year. But if they do get close, we know that Jeter is willing and able to pull the trigger and bring in talent. So hopefully, we make it close enough that we can have him consider that. You know what I mean? 
Trust the process, man. Trust That's the all process, I'm doing right bro. Now, let's, the process. Let's, let's get go the fish. let's go fish, man. Let's get the the series against uh, Arizona started tonight and start off with a dub. I love that freaking little song, dog. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't just say it enough, bro. And, I love and with that. that, you guys already know what time it is. It's, it's time for your weekly Chelsea, Chelsea update. update. Let's go. And um, you know, for me personally, you know, you guys know I'm a huge Chelsea fan. And I was kind of like still on the high of getting that tie in Re- against, Madrid. against Real Madrid, and um, because we we scored first, and I felt like we needed that goal to to just kind of put the game in like perspective and stamp it and say, okay, this is the absolute minimum that we're walking away with. We're walking away with a goal, an away goal, and when Pulisic scored that goal, bruh, bruh. The screams and the yelling that you got from my house, for sure everybody down the block knows that we scored that goal because it was a lot of fuck yeah and let's go America. Because Pulisic became the first American player to score a goal in the Champions League final. Think about that, bro. Like That's huge. It's 2021 and we how, how finally that never had... happened before. Right? Like we finally have an American reach that stage and... Not only be an American, not only play for a huge global club like Chelsea, but performing at the highest level, which is Champions League. Everybody's watching. You know, all the lights are on. And he put that goal away, bro, and I was going crazy. And he, the way he did it was smooth, too, man. You know, he brought it down. Great run after after. He brought it down after the great run. Was able to make a maneuver on the goalie, pull him out, which is an ex-Chelsea goalie, by the way. And kind of play with his feet and get him to, you know, commit to diving. And once he dove, Christian knew that all he had to do was hit it hard and bang it into the net. And you could tell how much it meant to him, bro. Like, you could see that fuck yeah in his face. And obviously, you know, the the game was for Chelsea. Now, Benzema ended up equalizing with an amazing goal, right? But Real Madrid did not look as threatening as I thought they were. And I knew that they were going to be the favorites going into the game. But again, I just expected more from them and them being at home and all the stuff. I just thought that they were going to come out and and like blisk us and like just do a bunch of stuff. And Chelsea literally dominated that whole game. It was underwhelming if you were underwhelming, underwhelming. And you kind of felt like shit, this is getting away from us. So now we get the away goal, which is because a tie for them in that situation was almost the worst thing that they could have. It It was pretty much a loss. Yeah, because you never want to allow the away goal. Right, especially in the first leg, because it kind of puts you really behind the eight ball. Because now the score is one one, we have the away goal, and they got to come to Stanford Bridge and come to Chelsea's house, where we don't let goals in like that, you know. And yeah, they're and, defensively sound. Yeah, and you have to, and Real Madrid has to, from the get go, be in a attacking formation, all out attacking formation, because they need a goal. Right, in order to win, they need one goal to win. Chelsea could win this game and advance into the finals with a zero-zero draw or a one-one draw. Uh, well, not a one-one draw because they would have the away goal. But still, Chelsea is not going into these games thinking, "Hell, we got to score." But I think they are, and that's the two two goal effect. Where he's like, you know what? We're not going to sit back. We're not going to wait for Real Madrid. We're not going to wait for these guys to do something. We're going to be the ones to imprint our will on this game, on this match from the first whistle into the last whistle. And I really feel like this, I really feel like this weekend showed that. He had a little bit of rotation, right? We're playing one of those teams in Fulham that's battling relegation. And we needed to have a performance where it was like, okay, clear clear cut win. Let's go out there, be the better team, dominate from the word go, and just take care of business. And that's exactly what Chelsea did. Steamrolled. Just steamrolled them. And, yeah, Fulham had their chances and whatnot because it's soccer. You're going to create opportunities. You know, it's going to happen. But they literally dominated that game and cruised to a victory where they didn't have to expend a lot of their energies or the best players or defensive. We got to rest players and stuff like that. Yeah, and but you can see they're still riding that high. They're still riding that, that high. And, the, and not only that, but the coach isn't letting up, right? It's not like, yeah. hey, guys, relax. We're no, we're not Relax done against this game. It doesn't mean anything bullshit. We're still in the fight for the f- top four. Uh, we're still in the, in the Champions League. We still have an FA Cup final to win. Like, we need to be cranking it up. This is the point of the season where you crank it up. And those boys are definitely doing that, man. And it's incredible to see. And which is why I really feel like 
man, going into this next match against Real Madrid on Wednesday, I really give us a shot to win, bro. And I think that we are going to win one zip. Believe it or not, I really think that we're going to be able to win one zip at home and just do away with Real Madrid, which will be crazy to have Chelsea in a Champions League final nine years after we made our la- we won our Champions League final in 2012 with probably one of the craziest seasons that we've had. <laughs> to say Coming that. off of COVID, we get five new players. We get, we, you know, have a coach who's a, change a legend. And he gets fired after losing, after all this winning that he did. And then we bring in a new guy who got fired from another team who didn't win the Champions League final. And then this same guy has us in position to reach the Champions League final. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's a good time to be a Chelsea fan. Man, you know, they say it a lot within the Chelsea circles. All we know is chaos and championships. And God damn it, this has been a season <laughs> of chaos and championships, bro, because we're in it. You know, yeah, we're not going to win the league. Okay, Premier League is cities. Congratulations. You guys are the best team in the Premier League. No doubt about that. But we're still fighting for the Champions League. Manchester City is still fighting for the Champions League. You know, we beat Manchester City to get into the FA Cup final. You know what I mean? So, like, Chelsea is putting themselves in a position with, you know, a limited amount of time in order to build the cohesiveness, right, within everybody on the squad. And, man, I'm just, as a fan, I'm, like, really taken aback because I never would have thought that we would have been in this position this year. Even when we made all the signings and I said it on the podcast, I was like, well, you know, if we finish in top four, that's a success. You know, forget what I you know, make it to the second round of Champions League, get out of the group stage, and we'll see what happens. And this is probably going to be, you know, go down if everything goes right. Probably one of the greatest seasons that Chelsea has had in recent memories, man. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think that. So they play Wednesday. What Wednesday. Time? Wednesday, we play at 3 o'clock at home, like I said, against Real Madrid, which is great for us because after Tuesday, we'll know who's going to be in the final, right? right. Because PSG and, and Manchester City, they play, they face each other on Tuesday, which is crazy how that, that game is going about. And... <laughs> For me, I kind of favor Manchester City because... You've already beat them? uh, No, because they've already beaten PSG at PSG's absolute best. Mm, Okay. You know what I mean? And right now they have those two away goals, which were huge. And now PSG has to come and score two more goals without letting City score. Really tough. And I feel like Chelsea's going to try to do that same thing too. Where, hey, we got the away goal. Now we're going to force you to play our game. And you come attack us. Well, we can be more dangerous. And I just feel like those two teams are going to meet each other, bro. And I know, you know, a lot of English fans may not like it. United fans, Arsenal fans, you Tottenham fans, you Liverpool fans. Trust me, I hear you guys out there, bro. And I see the comments and stuff like that. But unfortunately for you, your team isn't where my team is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And look, shots uh, fired, shots fired, bro. But those are other clubs that have had a much more like snotty. Hey, we're better than you in all these English competitions and all this stuff. But in the last, you know, 15 years, Chelsea has been one of those clubs that consistently wins titles. So has Manchester City. And I don't feel like, you know, we don't get that, that respect from the historical big clubs. And Chelsea's here to, you know. Show him something, you know? Show him something. That's right, bro. And again, I got us winning on Wednesday, dog. One zip. You heard it here first. I like One it. zip. I like it. Well, Joel, we reached the end of the episode, bro. Episode 34 is in the books, my brother. As usual, I want to thank you, Doc, for jumping in on this and making it happen. No doubt, baby. No doubt. Always a good time when we link up. Always a good time, Doc. And I want to uh, shout out my dog, Sergio, for jumping on and joining with us uh, as we talked the Heat and we talked some Dolphins. Um, A lot of interesting stuff said in that Dolphins section, bro. We got to have, I can't wait to have Sergio in the studio. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be interesting. But um, I also want to give a shout out to CIC Miami, man, bro. I can't say enough about the good people who work here, um, who hooked us up and gave us a platform to continue to grow this podcast. So special shout out to them. You guys know if you need office space, any type of workspace or any type of meeting room, you guys got to hit up my peoples here at CIC Miami. And lastly, but most importantly, I want to thank you guys, the people who listen, the people who tune into the podcast, the people who subscribe to the podcast, because without you guys listening to us talk our shit, this show wouldn't even be getting off the ground. So I want to thank you 
you guys personally. I know Joel thanks you guys as well. And make sure you guys continue to follow us on social media. Make sure you guys continue to follow us and subscribe to the podcast, man. We're going to continue to be putting out this sports content that's local-based, Miami, hometown team shit, where... We only break down what's happening in Miami and, of course, any type of big events that could be happening in the world of sports. We sprinkle them in. We sprinkle them in. But we're about to wrap off. Let everybody know that it's time to close. Joel, it's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend about this podcast, man. I've been saying it for weeks now, y'all months. This is the hottest podcast in Miami right now. There is no other sports podcast giving you guys what we give, man. And we're going to continue to grow it. So trust me when I tell you that, yeah, you heard some big-time artists join us or big-time guests like Vic. And we got the homies like Sergio joining us. But trust me, we're going to have more special guests people in the business people you want to hear their opinions so. and more giveaways too so stay tuned oh papa what i got coming up for them <laughs> man but you guys gotta tune in so until next time peace, peace.